Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're glad to be with you in this month of November, Thanksgiving month. It is so amazing. We think more about Thanksgiving during November than we do all the rest of the year, which is too bad, but um, it is really great. We have been doing 10 things a day that's that kind I'm of grateful our, for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of our mission, if you think about it, is extend Thanksgiving through the right, year. Right. Thanksgiving. I mean, we're always words. thankful, but we just don't write 10 things a day we're thankful for. <laughs> Anyway, some of you know we did a we did a book on Thanksgiving years ago called um what, what did it, was the original the, book called The Grateful Heart. The Grateful Heart. Yeah, and then our publisher uh, in a stroke of brilliance actually sort of refined it and reduced it down into a gratitude journal called Daily Thanks. Right. <laughs> To think and about the, the name. daily things that goes through every month it goes through something specific to be grateful for and the challenge uh one month is 10 things a day that you're grateful for one month is a thank you note to somebody you know every every day or call to somebody just to tell them how grateful you are there are just so many things you can do to be grateful and it changes your life well one one reason i i love that particular book in both of its two iterations is I got to write it's written in poetry and I'm I am I'm an aspiring poet as you some are of you know. poet. I'm an you're aspiring really, poet. really good at it but we love to think about gratitude and the opening quote the first thing we say in that book I say we Linda they're both our books you know I wrote the poetry but you did a lot of the well, we imaging. There are a lot of quotes stories. and a lot of fun stories. Yeah, it's and, great. And uh, it it opens up by saying, gratitude is not a pathway to happiness. Gratitude is happiness in its most obtainable form. I just love thinking about that because, you know, you can't say today I'm going to be happy. I mean, there's too many external factors over which we don't have control. Some days are just better than others. And if you just demand to be happy every day, or, I mean, there's all lots of quotes on, on happiness is, is never the, it's, it's the byproduct. It's not the thing we can obtain and all that, but gratitude is great. You, you can decide today you can't decide today you're going to be happy all day because you probably won't be, but you can decide that you're going to be grateful. That's yes. within our control. Yeah. You can. And even though, gosh, we're dealing with somebody who's really sick. And, you know, even when you're really in the depths, just turning your mind what you're grateful for just changes everything. And there is always something to be grateful for. There is. In every situation. And, it's like an acquired taste, isn't it? And I'm not saying we've acquired it fully. We're we're working on it. We love the thought of gratitude, but to keep a, an attitude of gratitude, if you want a little rhyme, right? To keep that in your mind is really a challenge, but it's 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 kind of a habit, don't you think? I mean, some people yeah. develop the habit of gratitude and they just 
They look for it. They see things to be grateful for. A lot of times it's small things. You know, it, it, it's connected so closely to how observant you are. How much do you see? How much do you feel? How how tuned in on you are you to little things? Because sometimes gratitude is in noticing how the sun is shining on the back of a beetle. I mean, it can be anything. Anything, including gratitude for the hard times. We had a, a meeting last night at the church with some with our women, and <clears throat> we had a little segment on beauty from ashes. Yeah. Beauty for Ashes from Isaiah. Beauty for Ashes is, first of all, you think, what? Well, that's a poem right there, those three words. Yeah, it is for sure. And actually, we have a daughter who wrote a beautiful piece. Um, the week, she, it, was an, it was Easter time, but it was the week that Notre Dame burned down. Oh, the cathedral. The, the whole world yeah, was watching that's that. That's right. And it just was a horrible flames just flying out the windows and they just thought this is the end this is our treasure our con the country the world everyone knows Notre Dame <clears throat> and it'll never be the same and it never will be the same but, but it may be even the greater monument more beautiful to human and immediately people were rushing in and and figuring out what they could do I mean obviously removing all the old ashes and so on but just figuring out what they could do to make it beautiful and hiring people from all over the world for restoration and to make it as exact as possible and it really was an amazing thing but guess what it is becoming beautiful i think it's going to be another year but they are going to do it so that's kind of a little preview for next week by the way our next show our next tires on the road is going to be completely devoted to gratitude but we're we're trying to jump into it as November begins. And what we want to, and that kind of parlays into what we want to talk about today. We've, we've been asked by some good friends about what, well, we get asked in various ways, like, what are you writing now? What's your next book? Or more and more frequently, have you retired? <laughs> <laughs> and we just always say, hey, you know, old writers never die. Well, well they Let's do say that <laughs> and old writers never retire they just sort of fade away and so we're but we hope we're not fading away yet because it seems like the older we get the more things there are that we want to write and the more things we try to write including more poetry now honey you have got to admit <laughs> that you are the poet you are the one but that can't you, quit i am like no but stop. you're but you're stop, stop. but as but. anyone who's read our books or your books and my books would attest you are the writer no the natural writer i no, want to have right. has to learn how to write but anyway the point is uh we want to share with you a couple things we're excited about because we are doing a lot of different kinds of writing now. We're we're writing more short sort of essays. Some of you know that um, No Division Among You, a new book from Deseret that I had the privilege of editing. That we've talked editing, about a lot. Yeah, we've talked about show. a lot is is essays. I I love that. I love the essay. You force yourself to write. If you're used to writing books and you write an essay, you really start but to it's not, minimize words. It's not our No, essay. it's not. I mean, no. one of them one, one of them's ours, and but, we edit the others. But also poetry. We're doing more poetry. We're doing more articles. We're 
where we publish a poem every week now in Meridian Magazine. Those of you who don't know Meridian Magazine or ldsmag.org, but if you just put in Meridian Magazine in your search bar, it'll find it. It's daily, and it's our good friends, Scott and Maureen Proctor, who publish it every day. I don't know how in the world they do it, but it's got a lot of good stuff, particularly a lot of good spiritual stuff, as well as daily news. And we're doing a poem there every every Monday now, one poem that we call sort of weekly reflection. And, and we talked about poetry last we week. We talked about poetry last week. But we're also we 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 we're writing for Wayfair, which is the magazine form of Faith Matters. <laughs> I mean, you gotta quit saying we well, because we. you I are mean, writing those. I am somehow I'm writing more grocery lists than <laughs> anything. I'm getting well, my phone especially out. Especially as Thanksgiving comes, yes, right? Well, it's just there's always something and writing reminders to myself and get this thing done. So But we're also writing for Deseret magazine, which is a uh, a spin, not a spinoff, but the magazine uh, from the Deseret News. It's a wonderful month. It's a wonderful uh, a monthly magazine that's really got some great stuff in it. We're getting a lot of comments on that. And we even have an article coming out in the Liahona, formerly the Enzyme. So we're, we're thinking of short things. I mean, people keep telling us no one reads books anymore. They only read short things. They only have a short attention span. <laughs> you have to put it on your Instagram if you want anyone to read it. And we're resisting that, but we also know there's a lot of truth in it. Yeah, there is, and especially for young people. Young people just don't read books anymore. I mean, our I think some of our kids still read books, but um, they don't have time. You know, there's just so much stuff going on in their life. Don't say it, Linda. People do read books. They do, and <laughs> books will always... If you ever hear someone say, soon there won't be any more books being written, right. just ignore it. There are more books being published today by a factor of 10 than there were a decade ago. Yeah, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. I have read two books this week, gone to two book clubs book this clubs. week. Book clubs are flourishing. Um, we have just, uh, we have a condo book club where we live down here. We have, I have a friend book club. Um, I have an then, enemy book club. And I have, we have a ward book club. So uh, we've done all three of those. We did Horse, we did uh, The Four Agreements, and we did Gilead. Um, and so I, I don't have time to sit down and read a book anymore, but I take it to the car. So I'm listening oh, to the car. It's an audible. I'm trying to get through, and this, this, Gilead's about an old man who's dying, and I put it on 1.5 because he talks really slow so that I could get to the end. But you miss some when you do that. But wow, there's a lot of ways to read a book now. But we're just sharing our book thoughts today. That's going to be the title of the show, Book Thoughts. But we're also, we've had the wonderful privilege of co-authoring a book with three of our four daughters. And we're hoping to co-author another book with, with our last daughter, our youngest daughter, Charity, which is kind of exciting because it is a new edition of our number one New York Times bestseller, Teaching Your Children Values. We think we're going to call it Teaching Your Children Values today. And what's fascinating about it to us is that 
the values never change. That's the whole point that values, there are universal values that never change. But boy, oh boy, do the circumstances and the atmosphere in which you have to teach those children and, and the and social the, media the and threats to those values yes. are so different than they were when we originally wrote that book. So we're excited about re rewriting and reissuing, republishing teaching your children values with, with the one, word added on today with one of our daughters who yeah has young children at this point and it, with we need that daughter, view for sure if we can talk her into she's a brilliant writer and she writes fast charity our daughter she charity. types fast she's fast in everything she does but she's got a lot on her plate but well she's fast and in that she had four children in five years <laughs> she does everything fast <laughs> But that's something exciting. And then um, also we're, we're working on another grandparenting book. As some of you know, Linda did a brilliant book called Grandmothering. And I did a teeny little book called Being a Proactive Grandfather. <laughs> it's like a pamphlet <laughs> because we know grandpas probably won't read as much as grandmas, but we're excited about that. And after we take a little break, we're going to tell you about a couple other things we're writing, not because we think you're interested in what we're writing, but because we want to talk about the whole idea of books and where books are going and what we might look forward to as far as books. So hang on and we'll be right back after this brief break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. And we'd like to thank BYU Radio, who's doing this podcast. It's so great. Our our girls are, all four of our daughters are doing a podcast, but it is such a pain because they have to get together or they have to do long distance and they have to figure out where they're going to be sitting. And then they have to run it through a, a person who knows how to fix up what they did wrong and then uh, send it out. And we are just so grateful for BYU Radio. Well, and, and for James Finlayson, yes. who's our technician who records it every week. And James thanks, James. Great. You're the man. And he's doing it today on a kind of a deadline. So we're going to plow right ahead with the second half of the show that we're calling something to do with books. We'll have to think about it, but books and writing. And you know, one of the questions we probably get, I don't know, maybe as much as any other question, and it, it's surprisingly frequent. Someone will come up after a speech or we'll just meet someone. They'll say, you know, I've been working, I want to write a book and, and I, you know, how do I go about it? <laughs> and we don't mind that question at all because we always say hey you should do it you should write there you never if you are writing you are never wasting your time i mean whether you publish or not is almost unimportant compared to the the joy of writing and and people say what well, i can't but i get writer's block and i can't write and i can't think and i don't think it's any good and <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Just write. Take a pen or get your computer and get a keyboard and write what's on your mind. Well, and if nothing else, yeah, 
your kids, your grandkids, your legacy will be there. It is so true. And people say, oh, I can't write, but you can. And it doesn't have to be great. In fact, my dad was born in 1892. Now that is a long time don't, ago. Don't make any judgments about Linda's age from that because he was very old when Linda was born. <laughs> well, yes, he was 54 when I was born. You can go for Oh, that. no, now you've given him. <laughs> but um, it really is amazing that he, and he really only went to the eighth grade, but every word he wrote is so precious to me. And later in his life, he started feeling shaky and I'm starting to feel a little shaky too. But you, he, it was an effort for him. The, to the fact write. that his writing was a little shaky made it even more dear. Right, exactly. And now I understand how hard it was for him to do that. And to, and so he did not write very much, but I just hang on to every word that he ever wrote. And I think now, obviously, we have computers, so we don't have to worry about handwriting. And um, it really is so important to record what's going on in your life. Uh, we, I've talked about StoryWorth before. Last year, I did a project called StoryWorth. And you, it's if you just go to storyworth.com, they'll tell you exactly what to do. They send you questions every week about your, um, your life. You can choose that question or you can do your own question. But you just write a story about that. It can be short. It can be two paragraphs. In fact, Richard did it too. He did two or three paragraphs. <laughs> I didn't do much. And then send it in. And then um, I, but I did these stories that I wanted to record for my family. And it really was so fun. In the end, I got my son to help me find pictures to go with the stories. And it was a deadline. We had to get it done. And it's good that it's there. It's not well, perfect. It's not everything, but it's so good. Speaking of that kind of writing, writing your history, writing your autobiography, writing your life story. And then, I mean, that's writing that is never wasted, right? Because your kids and, and your friends and other people are going to cherish that. But we, um, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal for the first time in public form that we have been working on something like that for a long, long time. In fact, just yesterday, I had a meeting with our publisher about a book that the publisher likes, the title, Funner by the Dozen. <laughs> because he feels like, I mean, and there's some interesting truth in this. You, some of you remember a long, this is a long time ago, a book called Cheaper by the Dozen was made into a movie. And, and it was kind of delightful in its own way because it was just this story about this big family. And we've found over the last several years, over the last decades, actually, that I, even though families are getting smaller, and by the way, they're not actually getting smaller, they, they were getting smaller. But a lot of the people we speak to now, they used to say, well, I want two kids. And, and then now they're, they, they're saying, I for sure want three, and maybe I want four. I mean, families are... That, that was a few years ago. No, they're still yeah. growing. But I, you know what they're people, saying now is I want none. Well, I know a lot of people are not the ones, not the ones in the ones, you know, that we, we often we speak to, to groups. Yeah, that's that true. They're there because they, they're parents and they often want more kids. But what I was going to say is people are fascinated with large families because they're so rare these days. And we, I remember one, uh, <laughs> 
remember one interesting woman, a, a really high-ranking corporate officer in a big company, and we we were talking in New York one time on, on the day when we met her, and, and she said the most interesting thing. She said, you know what I do for recreation? And she knew a little about us, and I said, no, what? She said, I read Mormon mommy blogs. I read, I just find reading about these big families is just like being on another planet. It's just so fascinating and interesting and sort of amazing. She said, it's just transports me to a whole different place. And there are just a lot of people who are curious. So we're, we're trying to decide what to do with our family history. Do we do we just write it for our kids and our grandkids, or do we take parts of it, which are crazy and chaotic and funny, and do we put it in some kind of a book like Funner by the Dozen, where, where there's no prescriptive advice? In fact, probably the benefit of that kind of book would be like your book, Linda, I Didn't Plan to Be a Witch. It would make people read it and they'd say, Oh my gosh, my problems are small compared to these people. <laughs> I thought I had crazy situations in my family. This is craziness on steroids. You know, speaking of crazy, I'm married to a crazy person. You know that. Honey, we don't have a dozen. What how are we gonna oh, do? Oh yeah, that? of course we do. Of course we, we do. do. Yeah, we because do. because you know, there's nine kids, but we count Eva, our Bulgarian daughter, and that's ten. And then there's the two of us. Oh, so there's oh. a dozen of us. Oh, we've never talked about yeah, that. Yeah, funner by the dozen. Um okay. well <laughs> we have we ever talked about Eva on the podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys should all know Eva Kaliva Timothy. And art. Oh my goodness. Oh, she has become a noted artist. She went to Oxford with her husband. With a little Kodak camera and said, I'm going to become a photographer. And boy, did she ever. We um, won't say more about that, but if you want some fun, look up Eva Kuliva. Kolova. Kolova Timothy, her married name, and look at some of her artwork. But we we brought her here from Bulgaria, put her through college, just loved her as a daughter. And Sent her on a mission. She's just she's part a of little family. sparkle of light. She's just amazing. We are very blessed to be connected with her. little diversion there. Yeah. But anyway, the whole idea of books. We've got a son named Talmadge who lives in Switzerland. Some of you know Tal because he was kind of famous for a while. He was a Division one basketball player, first at BYU and then at Weber State. And he is a thinker and a writer. He married a Swiss woman. He lives in Switzerland. Has done for how many years now? Eight years? Oh, nine least, years. Yeah, eight or nine years. Has a wonderful daughter named Anina. But he Tal's a writer and he writes almost like a poet. I mean, he writes beautifully and has his own style. And his book, which... Um, is finished and into the publisher and will be released next year in 2024 is called dad mode dad mode and obviously it's about being a good dad and it is just delightful. delightful it is he's such a he's a great guy i don't know how we deserved him he's just a a mellow fellow he's wonderful <laughs> but he's such a great writer he's the calmest he's He's the one that was born in England when we were mission leaders and had, you know, two or three hundred missionaries to look out for and were just up to our necks with busyness and 
and had a baby that had been born there, his older brother, Jonah. And so there was five little kids and trying to manage everything. And, and we became pregnant again. That's how I say we became pregnant. <laughs> yeah, we can use we in a lot of different contexts. And we were praying so hard for a, I've never heard you use the term mellow fellow, but that's really what we were praying for. Yeah. We needed an easy baby. We We'd never had one. We did. <laughs> and he absolutely has been such a joy, except that he could not learn to read. For any of you who have children who are struggling with reading, it is amazing honestly until the seventh grade i used to go to the junior high and read with them for an hour in a private room because the resource teacher teachers didn't even know what to do with him he just couldn't read and he was trying so hard he was giving himself headaches to try and try and try but talk about overcoming adversity now a great reader and a writer the publisher of a new book next year it makes you pretty proud really is he he's a guy that makes miracles happen he said, I want to go to UPenn and get a master's degree in positive psychology. I'm going to the Ivy League, I, said, even though I didn't used to be able to read. And he did it. <laughs> he pulled it off and, and studied with uh, Mar Marty Seligman, who is a fabulous positive psychologist. And uh, he teaches us when we're together in he summer. Sure he does. teaches us. So, so those are some thoughts. I hope you get the vibe that we love books. We love writing them. We love reading them. We know they'll never die. I would actually love to get some feedback from you listeners on this notion of butter by the dozen. Would you, would you like, this is kind of a personal question. Would you like to read a book about the crazy Iyer family and what it was like to have a dozen of us in, in, in a van driving down the road and realizing we'd forgotten a kid or <laughs> all the Which other wild things well, building I'm a sure. log cabin in the wilderness of Oregon I mean there's we got a lot of stories and we're trying to decide whether to make it a an actual book released to the public if you've got a comment on that we're going to post about this podcast on our Instagram. A lot of you follow us on Instagram, just Richard Linda Iyer, all strung together. Go on there anytime after the 11th or so of November and give us a little feedback on whether you'd like to see a book called Thunder by the Dozen. We're, we're thinking about books all the time because we love books. We love writing. We love reading. We love the written word. And we're glad that so many of you do because it's it's the the heart of our civilization. It is, even though these young kids and our don't religion. Know it. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a lot to read as far as your faith goes. A lot, and in fact, we haven't talked about. We'll talk about that on another podcast. Yeah, um, but it's been great to be with you today. We really um, love. Uh, being with you we know that we're talking to a computer but every once in a while somebody says hey hey i'll listen, listen to you this week and happy thanksgiving we'll do the whole show next week uh, on the podcast on thanksgiving and the beauty of it as a verb thanksgiving and we wish all of you a wonderful month where you pay more attention as we're trying to on all the things there are to be grateful for so thanks for listening and see you next time on Ayers on the Road.